This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 130. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Mike Kaplan. Oh! Um, I'm not. I'm Matt Davis. That's Matt Davis, the voice you hear. Mike Kaplan is not here. It took him 132 episodes, and finally he decided to blow one off. Yeah, we finally got rid of him. We finally ousted him. He's out! I thought, I thought... Uh, poisoning his food and the heart attack thing was going to do it, but <laughs> yeah. it turns out he's more resilient than I realized. Mike so Cap- I had, to, Cap I had is... to result to just kidnapping him. He's stuck on a roof somewhere waiting for his uh, cable guy to come or something. He called me five minutes ago. He, we, we, we delayed the start of this episode, this podcast, by 45 minutes. I'm, I'm late. Producer Matt's on time. Producer Matt, how are yeah. you doing? I'm a little bored waiting around for you guys. Yeah, there it is. All right, we're already getting guff from him. I got answer. news Before we get to producer Matt. I was on time. Can we point that out that I was also on time? You were on time. There's a theme here. Matt Davis is on the show today, everybody. Matt, Matt's are on time. Matt, well, this is very odd because I'm going to have to talk about you in front of you. We're normally able to do this. But you're yeah. going to be talking. You're going to be. Later on, we're going to be talking about your trip to Eastern, Euro- Eastern Europe or all you, Europe. You are going to talk about that. I am going to constantly segue out of it. <laughs> per, like a great uh, podcast guest. Yeah. You went all around Eastern Europe. You, um, all well, of Europe. Well, Western as well. Western as well. Uh, is, but again. Is, is France not Eastern Europe these days? <laughs> no. I don't know how their economy's it's, doing. But, wow. Uh, wow. They are. Wow. Uh, but you, you did all these shows around there, but you did them in a different way from how a lot of these people, like, who's going to book me? And then they get booked in these comics. So it's, it's super interesting. It's, it, I want to get to that before that. To, let's see. Friday night this week. Two days from now, I'm going to be at the Friars Club. What? Doing my debut stand-up comedy album, one hour. Everyone, it's like a lot of words to throw into one. Here's what I I've like learned. Like you don't know what to call it. Well, here's the my thing album, one hour of an hour album recording and, for it, time. Yeah, initially I was saying it's my one hour. I'm doing my I'm doing my album, and then people right. are like, an album? What are you? A, are you a band? Are you a musician? I'm like, no, it's a comedy album. They're like, oh, like uh, you know what everyone our a our generation thinks of with comedy albums is the Adam Sandler ones. What? They're like, oh, is it like skits? And then everyone... Who are these people Is there going to be an audience there? This is the general public. Not everyone pays attention to comedy as much yeah, as we Yeah, but do. I mean, I, I feel like it's, at least in the periphery, they should, you know... This is the way I explain it to people now. Netflix, you know those things you watch on Netflix? It's those, <laughs> but not on TV. You gotta buy it. It'll come out in September, oh, but I'm doing that at the Friars Club. There's still a couple it's tickets a, left. It's like Netflix, but, but it's like audio. Exactly. And then people are like, what? That's a great idea. So it's in front of a live audience. You can be in the audience Friday night, 7.30 p.m., 9.30 p.m. in New York City at the Friars Club. Go to turnersparks.com to get tickets. The 7.30 is almost sold out. There's a couple left for the 9.30. So, Matt, what about you? Have you thought about releasing this on 8-track? Just to keep with, to maybe bring in some of these people that you're talking about. That I think don't that would know. be the least relevant. I am going to do records. I'm going to do a limited release. Really? Yeah, maybe like 25. Yeah. Even if I have to buy them myself and you then do, print them. But no. Uh, and then send them out to friends or whatever. I'm going to do right. at least some. So you can have something on the wall, you know? Yeah. Plus, like, my nephew has a record player, so that's cool. It's just one for him. You're just doing this because your nephew is the only person you know with a record He's player. 10. I like yeah. that. So it's like 10. It. It's, blue, it's blue and pink, and it uh, mainly plays the Wiggles, or insert child reference here. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that, that'll be cool, right? Just to yeah, have. Yeah, it'll be the Thomas the Train Engine uh, musical and then your album. And I they'll think have those on, a, on like a rotation. That'll pretty much be it. Yeah. That'll be. And then He's going to get kicked out of kindergarten. How old is he? I'm he's just a 10, so he better 10? get kicked out of kindergarten. Yeah, he should be kicked he's out. He's a little old. Now. Yeah, at this point. Why is he hanging around the kindergarten? What's up with that? <laughs> you looked a, into uh, this? He also has a 
Bill Cosby album that I mentioned. Right? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. And a bag of peanuts. This kid. Matt, what do you got going on? Nothing, man. I'm here. I, just I know, but what do you have to promote? Time. Is, i got to walk you through I've how been to co-host on, this oh, show. I'd like to promote ham. It's a delicious meat. Uh, Very anti-Kaplan. He doesn't eat ham. He doesn't eat ham. He's oh. Jewish. Oh, he's other he's Muslim. You're really this is uh, really Gentile. I probably should pod. not be. I probably should not be promoting ham right now. It is uh, um, Al Fitar, right? It's the the end of Ramadan. Unless, <laughs> like I know that. unless, unless you're in Egypt, and in Egypt it's like Friday or something. They have different days. Uh, apparently, I didn't know that. It's already Friday. It's no, it's not here. already Friday there. Oh. It's, it's, it's. I mean, they're a little ahead, you know, but like seven hours ahead or six hours ahead. But yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that there were different. In, I don't know if this is new or if this is a thing that happens every year, right? Like, there's like a fight over when the official end of Ramadan is. Like, I'm, I'm unaware as well. Like a real I fight? learned this. I learned this because I, I wish someone, you know, Eid Mubarak, a friend of mine in Egypt, and he sent me back angry emojis. Because I also attached like a picture of a sandwich, right? He's been fasting. And he texted me like angry emojis and then corrected me to say, well, in Egypt. <laughs> He's like a woke the Egyptian. End, the, end of, the end of Ramadan <laughs> is on Friday. I don't appreciate that, whatever. What you said is very offensive. And now I feel like I, I went trick-or-treating on the wrong day. Like, you know when Halloween falls on a Wednesday? Yes. Right? And then everyone in every neighborhood's like, we're going to trick-or-treat on Monday. Or no, we're going to do Wednesday. No, we'll do the weekend before. We'll do yeah. the weekend after. People I feel like that's what's happened here. I could be wrong, but like Ramadan was ending midweek, <laughs> right? And people are like, let's save it for the weekend in Egypt. Like, they want to do that because, you know, way, mom agree. and dad have to have to work or something. Always a smart idea. What's a smart idea? Just to pick the nearest weekend and make that the holiday? Absolutely not. You do it on the day. Oh, you're right. I'm a Wednesday trick-or-treater, man. Fundamentalist. I will show... I'm a fundamentalist trick-or-treater. Absolutely. <laughs> I will show up and demand candy from you. All right, so on ham, a Wednesday. and I'm going to help you out. You're also doing a show I here. can't do ham. I can't... I can't my, that's my point. Oh, my whole point is ham. I can't promote oh. ham because it's, you know... So let's promote your show in New York City coming up. I can. That's halal. See? Good move. Yeah. Uh, who knew? Uh, I actually uh, don't know what that means. Uh, it's not... Uh, um, keep going. It's keep allowed. Going. It's allowed. Uh, uh, when is my show? When is it? It's the in July, July, right? It is in July. That's a good month to do it. Uh, the 21st at uh, Art Space uh, PS109. And this is, is going to be... We were talking about this the other day. This is going to be... I know all these people in New York City, they're like, I see stand-up every day. I see stand-up every two days. This is better than stand-up. This is you doing a whole theme show... Right. By yourself. There's no dumb opener. I'm not going out there being like, hey, where's everybody from? How are we doing? You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that. It's just Matt going out, <laughs> just telling you one th- a comedic story, like a comedic theme show. It's, it's a comedy yeah, show. It's a, yeah. But it's better than what, than what we do. So go see that. <laughs> it's wow. You just really hurt uh, yourself. It's going to be a blast. But uh, one last thing, and then we get to Lost America, but uh, Amazon. You guys, we're big fans of Amazon over here. I know people are against it, but we're all for it because what you do, if you're going to buy something on Amazon anyway, which everyone does, before you do that, click through lostinamericapod.com, then buy it. That'll take you back to Amazon. A percentage of what you buy comes to us. It helps us pay producer Matt. This guy don't come cheap. Oh, nice. Thousands of dollars a week we're paying this dude. Dude, yeah. You can't, we can't get high above Stand Up New York Comedy Club for free. You can't? No, you can me up on the Upper West Side. I don't think so. So we need you to click through Amazon. Give us those LaCroix he's drinking. Those yeah. guys don't come cheap. Yeah. So close to the park. You yeah. Know? This, that ain't no Mr. Pibb, buddy. That would be, we can afford those. What's wrong those. with Mr. Pibb? I'm man. saying they're cheaper. We can afford those. Oh, well, the okay. LaCroix are double the price. So if you want to do that, support, that's how you support the pod. All right. That's it. Matt, let's get to Lost in America. Play the music. Music. How good is that music? De'Aaron Roots. Still rocking the tunes. Also, the, the longer I've known you, the more you sound like you're 85 years old. <laughs> Who loves the music? It's punk rock, man. It's is 90s that, punk rock. Yeah. It's my friend. De, uh, De, De, he was Aaron Welch. His stage name is De'Aaron Roots because he's the roots of our podcast. Oh. You know, like the Jimmy Fallon Roots. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta catch. We have all these new listeners now that we're at the Stand Up New York Network over here. We gotta catch them up. Darren Roots, he's also an accountant. He's a great accountant too. If you need any what, books done, what is this guy out. not doing? 
Yeah, he does a little bit of everything. He's a punk nice. rock guitarist slash punk podcast. rock. Is he a punk rock accountant? Is he like? Does he like you go to him and to get like your your P and L statement done? Yeah, and he just does whatever he wants and he's <laughs> he like, does. fuck the man. Yeah, I don't do numbers it's and anarchy. it's all it's stickers. It's like a account. spreadsheet of stickers. The accounting A is spelled with the anarchy yeah. sign with the line through yeah. the circle. So he's great. But you bring your receipts and he sets them on fire and kicks you in the chest. <laughs> exactly. You know when he's like, tax is done. Yes. Matt, I'm lost in America this week. I went last week. I went to uh, Miami, Florida, to to do a stand-up comedy mm-hmm. show to get ready. One of those like get ready for your recording shows, you know. So I went to I went to go do an hour down there. Have you been done comedy in Flo- like South Florida recently? I know you've been all over the. Have South. I? Yeah. Recently, no. I mean, but I mean, I've done it over the years a bunch. It is but... a disaster. Why? People, Why? I, I finally so I land on the pl- I land I come off the plane. I have this show booked for months, right? Come off the plane, land. I text the guy, the club owner. Hey, man. I thought he was a club owner. And I'm like, hey, man, just got here. Just tell me where to go. When are we meeting up? All that kind of stuff. He goes, oh, bro, forgot to tell you. The club uh, went out of business on Monday. <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> I'm not, this is Wednesday. The show's on Friday. I like I'm how, in Miami. But I like how it went out on a Monday. You know what I mean? Like, first order of business, let's shut down the business. First, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like first, first thing. For, yeah, usually aren't you supposed to lay everyone off on a Friday? I don't know. These guys are like, let's get everyone back to work on Monday. Yeah. And then tell them all it's, it's gone. So that, and then, uh, and then this is what he got. I was like, hey, dude, I just landed. I'm in Miami. Like, you could have told me. He goes, bro, we put it on Instagram. Yeah, like, well, you don't check. No, in mean. his fault, in his mind, it was my fault because I didn't check his. <laughs> You're not rapidly paying attention to whatever whatever delicatessen in, <laughs> yeah. in Miami is up to. Yeah. And so he goes, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, dude. Uh, I got this other place. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm going to call you in five minutes. We'll figure it out. I'm like, okay. So he calls me and he's like, I forget what the name of it is. But he's like, I found this spot for us. It's on Miami Beach. We're going to do it at 7 p.m. It's a super popular place. It's going to be awesome. So then I called Kyle Grooms, who used to be a New York comic, the seller and everything, and he recently moved back down there. So I was like, hey, Kyle, just want to run this by you. This guy picked this new place on Miami Beach. He's like, dude, that's a Miami Beach dance club. Yes. Like one of those hundred people outside, uh, you know, uh, the rope, red rope to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I know where he's going to put you because they do. He tries to do shows there every once in a while. It's just standing in the middle of a dance club while every everyone around you is like drinking, getting drinks. The bar's in the middle of the room, you know, one of those. He's like, there's no stage. Yeah, it's built for a, dan- a dance Yeah, he's club. like, yeah, you yeah. just stand in the corner. There might be two or three people watching you, but the music's going to be blaring. They're still going to have music on. They're going to have music, yeah. I yeah. love the idea that people are just dancing, and yeah. you're trying to joke better than the Macarena Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's something. like, you might get a couple people watching you, but most people are just going to be hanging out, like, have no clue why you're there. So I call the guy back, and I'm like, dude. <laughs> They're just like, this is the weirdest raffle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it becomes clear to me that this guy has no... He's just a club promoter on Miami Beach. Okay. He has no concept of comedy. He doesn't know what a comedy show is supposed to be like. So to him, that's fine. You right, know what I mean? Right, like yeah, those yeah. guys who are like, I'll oh, just come play my bar. And uh, it's if party, it's cool... Yeah, party we, promoters, yeah. We got the hockey game on behind the stage, but that'll be cool, right? Like, like whatever. You, I got 200 bodies in here, man. I'm getting a, I'm getting a dollar ahead. I'm exactly, getting three bucks ahead. I'm exactly. Killing, I'm killing it. Yes. It does not matter how this goes. He's that exact person. Yeah. Uh, mixed Miami sleaze. We got to make sure we got to we got to make sure to mention during your set. Mention shots. Mention that we have <laughs> yeah. Jello shots because every every three rounds I get a, I get bonus. I get bonus on every three. Yeah, rounds. Bacardi yeah. needs to be referenced in three of your jokes. Yeah. At some point, can you tweak him a little bit? Yeah. You can say that. That'll be fine, right? Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah. So he's one of those guys. So then, but I hadn't totally figured that out yet. So then I call him back. I'm like, dude, I talked to my buddy. I'm not doing this dance club thing. All right, all right, all right, all right. I got to, no worry. I got more spots. He always has more spots, and he's always not blown away that his perfect his perfect case scenario I dismiss. You yeah. know, so he's like this dance club in his mind. He's like, it's going to be perfect. It's awesome. Everything's set. It's great, dude. And I'm, when I come back, I'm like, I'm not doing that. He goes, great. I got other places. Because <laughs> he's just that's, like, a, that's, the, that's the person you can't break up with. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you end up dating that guy, like it's impossible to break up with him. I get it. Yeah. It's like, he's you, like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. We'll meet Thursday. No, I, I never want to see you again. That's, that's amazing. That's beautiful. That's perfect. Friday. I'll just pick you up at seven tonight. I'll pick you, you up at seven. You cheated on me. 
Got yeah. it. Hey, hey, won't happen again, but we're meeting on Saturday. Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Yeah. We'll bring her along, right? Then you cheat on me with her. You see what I'm saying? And now we're even and it's great. This is the guy. So then he finds me. He's like, I want two more places. I got two more places for you to look at tonight. This is all. I'm already in Miami, just running around town, taking taxis, trying to find a place to have this dumb show. And so he's like, I got two more places for you to look at tonight. And then after that, we'll call it. If you don't like either one of those... And then he's like, but I still think the first place could be all right. So then I go to look at the second place. It's outside. Wait, is this the day of show? This is on. Luckily, I got there on a Wednesday at like three in the okay. afternoon. So and this is all is Wednesday Friday. between three in the afternoon when I land and midnight. I just spend the rest of the day running around the city looking at places. <laughs> and it's just a thousand dollars in taxis. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, the second place we go to, um, it's just it's outside. It's a back sure. it's a back porch of a restaurant. And I get there and I meet the owner and the owner's like, "Hey man, I heard you met let's say the guy's name is like Alex. I don't remember what his name is. He's like, "I heard uh, Alex told me you got this show, you got a bunch of people coming. He said you had a minimum 60, so we're going to be great." Dude, I have like I told Alex like I can get like 20, 25. <laughs> I need a tiny room just to run this hour right you know he's like alex told me you got 60 we got a great backyard for you it's gonna be awesome and i'm like ah first of all i have 25 and he's like that's fine we can do 25 they're all like this yeah. they're all dirtbags and um <laughs> and i'm like i and I'm numbers like, don't matter we're gonna say it was full okay yeah. <laughs> like, as long as we can instagram you? it and say it was sold out we're just gonna say it was no not for that for the money wash we're gonna yeah, say it was full exactly. so we'll handle the taxes don't worry about the taxes yeah. and then i'm like well i've sold some tickets so how's this gonna work ah yeah we gotta let our people in for free so but the people you sold to we can make sure they sit in the front <laughs> i'm like they don't give a shit if they sit in the front of your backyard or not they just like they, it should be everyone pays and no one pays so then i'm like i can't do this finally i go to the last spot and now i'm back with this alex guy and he's like i got one more spot for you so i get there like midnight on wednesday it's uh there's this giant kind of dance club thing but then it has this big like back room like almost like a scarface like back room sure. where all the dirty business goes down right and uh but it's kind of big and he's like takes me into the back room and it's pretty perfect it seats like 30 it has its own bar i think it's the vip the boss's bar right, yeah. you know and he's like we can set up here uh we can get lights in there's he that had lights he's like we can angle the lights we can get sound everything's good to go you could still hear the music in the other room and he's like ah oh, that music in the other room that's coming through one of these speakers so i'll get that speaker turned off plus if you do it early enough if you do it by seven that music doesn't start till 10 so if we're done by 8 30 we're good and i was like done okay i'm back in you know and it was a good location so i come back in so i get back to my friend's place who i'm staying with my buddy brad and uh I tell him where we're doing it, and he goes, oh, my friend's an owner in that bar. That's awesome. I'm going to call him and tell him how cool it is. Like, I'm coming, and we'll bring friends. We can all hang out there. So he calls his friend, I think the next morning at like 8 a.m., and his friend's like, what? So <laughs> yeah, why not. would he know? Yeah, yeah, he's like, there's no, no, there's no show happening. There's no comedy show happening in my got, office. It hasn't been in his office. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. He's like, first of all, that's where we are. So we're not doing a show. That's where me and my, like, the people we work there hang out. It's like, there's no show happening. It's like, second of all, that's Labor Day, Saturday night of Labor Day weekend. That music's going to be running all day. That bar is, we're selling tickets on South Beach. That bar is going to be full all day. I'm not shutting the music off so 25 people can have a party yeah. in the back room. And then, so that Alex guy never ran anything by anybody. Yeah. He's just trying to scam his way into getting 30 people into this back club. <laughs> and so then the Alex guy calls me two minutes later. It's off, man. But I got a new place. And I was yeah, like, nah, go screw yourself, dude. It's over. <laughs> so then Brad, my buddy I was Brad, really hoping this was going to end with you doing a show like in a food truck. Oh like my God. While it was moving. <laughs> well, Brad, so then Brad, my friend, he was like, he explained the whole thing. What you already knew, what I should have known. He's like, this guy's a South Beach promoter. This guy has no idea of comedy. He doesn't know what you're trying to do. Let me run it. My friends own bars. So he had a friend who had a bar, who had an upstairs room. We did it there, 25 people. I passed around a tip bucket. I made like 150 bucks, made my money back, and then we just got it. And we did it. It was a blast. We did it. And, yeah, I was going to uh, say, the, like the, venue, the venue exists there. The venue exists. And yeah. then, but the thing is, you have people that are going where they can, where they can do business. Because they're trying to cut themselves into the middle have, to make money. They, yeah, there's something in the middle that they're, that they're aiming for, right? It's not... Uh, um, uh, purely, uh, what's the word I want? Uh, altruistic, right? In no the, the, way. The, it's the opposite of yeah. that. <laughs> there, there's a profit motive that they have in mind. So 
you know, they're trying to always wedge that in. But you have a very, you have very real needs, and they're just those are just being ignored because yeah. they're trying to, to fill to the set other up rent. Comedy right? rooms are delicate, as we'll get into with you later on. Uh, but anyway, shout out to Mini Bar on South Beach. That's the that's the guys who put me up. They that's were the guys awesome. who, who did it. They're the ones who did the show. They have this sick upstairs room that seats like twenty five. It's perfect for a small show if anyone wants to run anything. There's a pool right outside of it, like a private pool, and the guy didn't know drink minimum. He was like, it'd be cool if everybody bought a drink, but uh, he let me keep the whatever we made. Right. And then he's like, it'd be cool if people bought a drink, but I'm not going to force a minimum or anything. Just have a good time. Uh, my friend Brad, who helped put it together, has a, a company called Hello Surfing that has a big big presence down there. So he promoted it through his channels. We filled it up. It was a blast. Nice. So shout out to Brad. Shout out to Hello Surfing. Shout out to Mini Bar. That's it. We got to get to you, Matt. Why? I want to hear more about... Uh... Brad and his surfing. Matt Davis, everybody, play oh, the music. Man. All right, we're back with Matt Davis. Matt, welcome. Uh, this is where I would normally welcome you to the show. But oh, I like how you just you just moved. You, I'm not you, letting you look at my notes. I was These trying are, to uh, see notes. He has notes. He has notes written down, and I was trying to see what was. So you just got back of a comedy tour of Eastern Europe, including France. You keep saying Eastern Europe. <laughs> Uh, Europe, continental Europe. All um, of Europe. How long were you gone? Not for? all of it. I mean, I, I did thirty-two. I did shows in thirty-two cities in uh, about two months, I guess. Thirty-two. Okay, so it's like a show every other day. Yeah, average. I worked a, a city every other day where with a show on average. A city. Yeah, you're not doing thirty-two like a cities. Thirty-two cities. Um, I think it was sixteen countries. Wow. In that. And then that's including, you know, Balkan region, a little bit of Eastern Europe, and then a lot of Western Europe stuff. So what I what I find the most like most fascinating about this, because we've talked about it off the air, is that so many comedians I get this with Asia, and I'm sure because you travel around the world doing comedy. Oh, I know what you're about to say, and I get it with Asia, I get it with Europe, I get it with Africa, uh Yeah, you've Middle been East all stuff, these yeah. places. How many countries have you been to doing stand up? I've done shows and I, I think it's 50, 50 or 51 countries. maybe. I don't so know. I'd have to go back. So people ask me in Asia, they're like, their first question, other comics, they'll be like, oh, you tour around Asia? Who books that? Like yeah. it's one person who books the whole thing. And I guarantee you get that. That's what you're saying, right? You get that with all these other I get it with, areas I get it with, uh, yeah, just with, with regions or with, you know, countries or someone will see you do, you know, a running, they'll see you doing a run of shows and they'll, they assume in their brain that that's like there's one point of entry that to South organize Beach that. That promoter is booking the whole thing, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Alex down there. They think they think it's that. But you see that in the States as well. Like I know for, I have friends in the States that do stuff um, more of an independent nature, and they they get hit up with that. It's like, hey, who does that that run through, you know, the Dakotas or whatever they're doing, right? And it's like, me, man. Like, what do you mean, who? Yeah, like, the answer is you book it. If you want to do 32 shows around Europe in two months, you book it, right? It's just, it, it's not it's, it's not the, the the existing thing that you show up you show up to right or they bring you into now those exist and those are those are and, and for good and for bad they exist right on both ends of the spectrum um and for logistical reasons i will do some of those right but that's not primarily what i'm i'm trying to do so how does it look what's like a the if you're if you step into like luxembourg i don't know what's the city you did on this trip what's the day of the show look like in terms of preparing the room uh, um, well, it depends. So, like Luxembourg, the the guys there, <clears throat> excuse me, the guys there, I'm I'm friends with uh, my buddy uh, uh, Deepu uh, Dilipan, who I actually know from Chennai, India. Uh, that's where I met him. Shout out uh, when he was uh, in Chennai. Uh, he lives in Luxembourg now. He actually started a lot of the open mic scene stuff there, and they started bringing people in and whatever. And I did one of the earlier shows with his group. Uh, backing it and we kind of co-promote and go in and so there's there's some logistical effort on the ground you look confused no i'm listening oh sorry yeah. uh there's some logistical effort on the ground right uh on their side i've been several times there now so i kind of i kind of know it when we're talking about venues and places you know does this room work does that room work i kind of know it's like me going both, to connecticut we both know what each other are talking <laughs> like about on the possibles yeah on what's possible um and then there's that, and there's a little bit of promotional help from them as well. So, and then when we come day a show with somewhere like that, we have, um, you know, I'll go in early and help them set up, tear down, 
usually they'll have one of their guys do the door. Somebody local will open. Okay. You know, that so kind that, of stuff. But that is almost like... That's um, an e- That's a very easy scenario. That's an easy one. Me. That you have an opener, you have a door guy, a guy working the door. Yeah, some of the others, I, it's just straight venue buy, so it's a four wall. Um, what does that mean? I, I'm basically renting the venue. Okay. And then I go in and do, uh, you know, I do all the promotional in from from my side. Um, the, I'll work with the venue on that, depending on what level they will they are able to help yeah. <laughs> with that or participate with that. Uh, and any local groups that are there, well, you know, I'll reach out to and we'll work together on it. Uh, but then a lot of times day of show, it'll be, you know, I have to get there an hour before show starts, uh, or an hour and a half to make sure the venues set up, do all the sound check, light check, put chairs out. I don't know. I can't tell you the number of times I've hauled 150 seats from a basement up or vice versa and whatever. Uh, and then I'll work the door, you know, I'll do, I'll be my own door person if it's not a door person. Um, and then we just start cold and I'll do the full show. So no I'll do opener. a no opener. No. You'll walk on stage and you'll go, hey guys, welcome to the show. Or yeah, I'll do like, I, I always give a heads up, you know, like a five minute heads up that we're going to start. Um, let people know what's going on. Give them time to get another drink or whatever they want. Uh, go out and smoke, you know, whatever. And then it's, hey, how you doing? Welcome, welcome. And then kind of ramp up the opening. That's so uh, awesome. And then depending on the venue, we'll do a break or we'll not do a break. So some of those shows, it'll, I'll do 40 or 45 um and then we'll do a like a 10 minute break so that everybody can go to the restroom or go get a drink or whatever and then come back after like a 10 minute break and start the second half so and that's that, like I, the cold European as well. style right they take that's a break? that's the yeah the, the british um the british european style we have a break and a ship which makes more sense it's more it's more from the theater world so where a theater has an intermission that's what that's from uh, and for a 90 minute show or a two hour show that makes complete sense you know to have a break in the middle of it um, so how are you doing 90 minutes yeah on those I'll be doing an hour 15 to 90 wow you know, it just depends on what and we have to do what, like what would be an example of one of those cities where you did that oh dude there's a bunch of them uh, and there's places that they, there's no local comedy scene. like you can't even find a guy who lives there to open for you if there if there is it's not in English oh yeah um, or it'll be um you know, somebody local expat wise doing something or whatever. There's some of those. But you'd rather just have. Sometimes you'd rather just do it yourself, right? Well, I'd rather do it myself because because of the logistics of it, but also because it's me promoting my show and it's me promoting what I'm doing and I'm trying to bring people on board with that, right? So, but then other places I am directly working with the local scene, and sometimes I'm I'm trying to, you know, help them shift what they're doing. So it's kind of a, a two-way street, you know, knowledge share there where, like, I know I brought uh, online ticketing into the, the the scene in Sarajevo, and they had not done online ticketing before, and everyone was like, it's not going to work, has to be a reservation system, you know, and the problem with reservation systems, meaning that you, you know, call up and or email and you reserve a spot, but then you don't pay until you get there. Those are the worst. The problem with that is, of course, you lose between 20 40 60% of those reservations don't show depending rains, on what else is, that's like what i mean yeah. 80%, yeah. depending on what else is going on yeah. so you obviously want to move into a hard ticketed scenario um but it's not necessarily cost effective to do a a true hard ticket where people you know go to multiple ticketing locations and buy a hard ticket when you're only selling 100 seats yeah so the difficult the difficulty and you becomes, don't live there you can't be on the ground right advance. i can't be on the ground running that so yeah. where i have the ability to have people help me with that even doing those hard ticket scenarios, it's it's a math problem. So, if you've got a hundred, um, if you have a hundred possible seats and you have you know um, a ten euro ticket, there's a thousand you know euro possible gross, right? And gross is a very important word to understand there, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. no costs have been brought yeah. in here. Um, and if I'm doing if I'm doing lodging or I have a local uh, deal lodging or whatever, or if I'm doing travel. Uh, promotional budget, like all that's coming out of that gross, obviously, right? Yeah. If there's any venue rental stuff or any deals, there's a percentage with a local promoter or not, you know, if they're taking a percentage and I'm taking a percentage, like all that math has to be factored in. So there's a lot of, uh, that, uh, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. And then you have basically touring principles where you anchor date and then you satellite around an anchor date. So you, so once you lock one in, you're like, okay, you I can, lock, if I'm you, in Sarajevo already. Well, you, well you're, <laughs> when you're locking in an anchor date though, you're locking in, uh, a date that makes being in the region feasible. 
So maybe that's one show, maybe that's four shows, whatever, but you're locking in a thing that makes it feasible for you to go from A to B, that being B. And then once you're there, it's like, okay, the, how much time can we fill around here? What does being here make logistically possible? Yeah. So we're in New York right now. So logistically what is possible are a lot of things in Connecticut, a lot of things in New Jersey, a lot of things in maybe Rhode Island, yeah. right? Um, you can Obviously, you can get to Pittsburgh. Um, uh, a little D- further. But a yeah. little further. But you, can get, you can get to D.C. easily. Philly. You can get to Boston yeah. very easily. Yeah, right? yeah. So these things become logistically possible. Yeah. Now, monetarily, are they worth doing? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you'd have to look into each one and, and figure that out. You can do the same thing in the Midwest. This is what I would this is what I would do in the US when I was doing clubs is I would put, you know, a run of clubs here and then I would be reaching out to other, you know, whether they be you know, people who book stuff or book people who run shows. I wasn't doing straight four wall type stuff then. But I would reach out to other groups and be like, hey, I've got a, you know, a, a Wednesday, Thursday off here, right? Yeah. Or a Monday to Thursday off. Can I go here, then there, then here, then there, and add four other cities and then go back to the run that I had booked all at once with one booker and try to fill all of that off time in. So it's the same concept. You're, you're beginning with, with what has you in the region and then what else is possible around it. Yeah. But when you start expanding that, and you start working with, uh, you know, other groups and you get along with people like this is my, you know, I, I was in just in Sarajevo, but that's not my first time in Bosnia. Right. I like how you say I was just in Sarajevo. Like that's a real normal. Well, I, comedy because I, just, I was just talking about it. I was just talking about it. But no. So like that's not my first time there. So. Right. So I'm, I'm going back and I'm working with people that I work with before. That's right. Good. That yeah. I'm friends with that I know. And we're trying to to do more there. Right. And because we're trying to do more, we're also like, well, what else is logistically possible? I know more now than I did before when I went at first because I was more concentrated on just looping in, you know, Bosnia and Herzegovina into another run. But now going back, I know that I can look at things like Split Croatia, Dubrovnik. I can look at, uh, you know, Novi Pasar, Serbia is right there. Um, I mean, this time I did Pristina Kosovo, which ended up being a logistical nightmare. But the those people, well, no, they, no, they won't come out Pristina, for anything. no, no, Pristina Kosovo like was amazing. That was a great show. <laughs> That's not the logistical nightmare is that you can't you can't enter Kosovo from a not from from basically not Serbia. Right? I, I went from Macedonia, so you can't enter Kosovo. Uh, from one country and then leave Kosovo through Serbia. You have to have entered Kosovo from Serbia to leave Kosovo through Serbia. Why? Because Serbia does not acknowledge Kosovo. Oh, neither do I. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, you're on the wrong side this of that pod one. This uh, <laughs> It pro really Serbia. is pro-genocide, uh, pro-looming genocide. So... Uh, Bill Clinton would not be happy to hear you You're say right. that. Don't they love the Clintons there? Yeah, they have like it, Bill Clinton Boulevard yeah, and stuff like that. The heard. Mogadishu line. Yeah, 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 sure. That's where he intervened. It was the he he didn't intervene here, he didn't intervene there, he didn't intervene in Mogadishu, and it was like the how many times can you say never again? Oh. And then uh and Kosovo's where he intervened. Oh, I changed my stance. I'm yeah. pro whatever the good one is. <laughs> the uh, I like we, the basketball players from Serbia, though. I can talk. I can talk a, a, a good bit about Kosovo, but anyway, so <laughs> well, let's do it. You can't leave. The uh, point being, you can't leave or enter because they don't acknowledge it, right? So yeah. you have to have cleared to another country. Now, the the thing on it's a nuts. map that looks like it makes sense is you would go from Pristina, Kosovo, to this little city just over the border in Montenegro, right? Oh, yeah. And then you would go up to Novi Pazar, Serbia, and then you would go over to Sarajevo, and this would be driving or bus or something like that. Um, reality is you can't depend on that little town to have a frequent enough bus station, depending on time of year, enough buses <laughs> to get you to Novi Pasar to catch the bus that will get you to Sarajevo, My right? Gosh. And then to get to that station, uh, you have, I think, options from Pristina. So then the safest bet is to go from Pristina to uh, um, Podgoreca, Montenegro, which is way further down. You're going like way down out of your way to go back up, right? So the problem there is it's always a night bus to get you there, which means you're eating in it. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah, yeah. But you're eating a whole day because then the bus from Podgoreca to Sarajevo is also going to be an overnight bus. I right? just imagine. So it's now you have two days that are gone in travel, and I'm sitting there with with an off day for travel. Right, and I have a show, off day show, and I've got one day to clear this in. So what I ended up having to do was go back to Skopje, Macedonia, take a flight that routed me through Zagreb, Croatia, 
which is logistically way out of the way, but that's okay. how flights go. Yeah. So fly up to Zagreb and then fly from Zagreb to Sarajevo to get in day of show. And that was literally the you only way a, to do you it. You deserve a standing ovation just when you start. Just walking on the stage, <laughs> just for doing all I have, of this. I have somewhere a recording where I'm breaking down, uh, trying to get from A to B in the Balkan region. Yeah. I think I was in Mostar, Bosnia, Mostar. And uh, I'm breaking down like the A, because I've, I've done the reverse. I've done Sarajevo to Mostar, Mostar to Podgoretsa, Podgoretsa to Pristina, Pristina to Skopje, Skopje to Okhrad. I've done that, and it was like almost 40 hours, right? Yeah. So to do... I'm breaking all that down and I'm breaking out some of the other logistical travels when you're in A and how do you get to B and can you get this way and, you know, things that don't run on time, things that just don't exist anymore. <laughs> they don't talk to each other. So if you're in if you're in a bus station or a train station or something in Sarajevo and you're asking about, it, can I get to here via some other city? They'll just be like, yeah. They don't know. Like, get the hell out of my face. Right? I was in a... So uh, you go to Podgoretsa, you get there and they go, yeah, that, that doesn't exist anymore. Yes. You don't know what you're talking about. I was in a Waffle House. In, Very uh, similar, I can in, already tell. Yeah, in um, where I was in the Panhandle somewhere of Florida, and I was trying to get to New Orleans, and I was I said uh, I was in Waffle House, and I asked the lady, I go, hey, is uh, how many hours till New Orleans on this drive? And she goes, New Orleans, is that on this side or the other side of Biloxi? Wow, <laughs> it's terrifying. I also was in in, in uh, when I was living in China. Now China is pretty developed. I would imagine, uh, but. 10, 15 years ago, I was driving across China, and the the we were, we had maps. It was like before GPS on phones, and we're driving to the middle of China on this highway, and the highway just ends. And at the end, you there was a toll road to when you got off, so you had to pay your toll, you right. know. And I said I took the map and I showed it to the toll driver, and I was like, "Hey, man, on this map, the the highway goes for like a thousand more miles. Why? What's go? How do I get back on?" He was like, "Oh no, this is the end of the highway." I'm like, what about the map? He's like, ah, your map's too new. He's <laughs> it's, like, it's predictive. He's like, that's going to be there, but that's next year. I'm like, oh, my God. I also imagine as you're telling all these logistic things, every single comedian listening to this right now is like, hey, I think I'll just stick to the funny bones. Like, I'm not going to. I mean, it's, you know, How many comedians are doing what you're doing? And there's a handful of dudes out there doing it. There's yeah. a handful of dudes uh, at different levels doing different things and, and for different reasons. There's some guys that I work with um, repeatedly. That you know, kind of run shows here, or that um, been putting stuff all over the place. Um, and this, I don't know if they're—I don't know if they have the same, you know, like like ethos-driven mentality towards it or not. Not because you're like we get we get we get along on the fact that we're both like no, we think this is like a good thing to do and it's an important thing to do. Yeah. Um, and they're very much in like a, a a pro artist attitude. So even like I've done shows that they run. And the deals are always still very you know, like pro artist scenario, but they're also expecting me to come in with a lot of that heavy lifting, yeah, to help to help make that work. So, how are the scenes out there? Are they developing? There's like little. Are there little pockets? Like when when I was in the China scene, we were very we were pretty small. Um, I don't know compared to those. I, by the time I left, there was like a hundred comics, and now I think there's zero because the government shut it all down. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, it, it, it's that's a it's a hard question because it yeah. depends on. I mean, literally, you know, city to city. Every city so, might have a few guys. A or, few guys, but then there are some where there are a bunch, and then there are some where there are a handful that are maybe 15, 20 years in that oh, wow. are you know that are super strong. Um, I mean, you see that in. In some of the Balkan region, too. I mean, I have buddies in, in Zagreb, Croatia that are, you know, 15, got to be 15, 20 years in, that are, you know, beasts. They're strong. There's some great comics, right? How did those guys, uh, I always wonder how those guys got going. Because there's a guy like Harith Iskander is in Malaysia. Yeah, Harith. He would yeah. be, Harith, did I say it right? He'd be the guy I would relate to that. He's been around for like 25 years, where yeah. everyone else started eight to 10 years ago at most. Yeah. Right. Like my group um, started about eight, ten years. Yeah. Ago. So there are there are there are like versions they, of that. They were just on an island by themselves doing stand up comedy and got pretty good at it when there wasn't a scene to you know to help them grow. Right. So, and I know a lot of those guys that are out there and that, doing, that are like, like that. They're doing stand up, and then they're on a show where there's also like someone doing a drag show. Well, there might be that, but there's also a lot of uh, um, educating an audience on on what it is. Yeah. So in the similar, if you think about like the, the Mandarin scene in China and where the Mandarin language scene started really taking off, there's also X amount of education on like, what is this? 
Totally. Right? Yeah. Uh, whereas in the English-speaking scene, you had less of having to explain what it was. Yeah. But in the Mandarin scene, you definitely had that, right? Um, and you have the, you know, the uh, in Spain, I think, as I stutter through that, uh, in Spain... When when Spanish comic was tra- uh, Spanish comedy was like transitioning in Spain into more of what we would consider stand up, it was very monologue based, right? So it would be <clears throat> it would be actors doing a, a written monologue that was funny, right? And that was kind of what stand up was. That China kind of worked that way with yeah. the two man shows. Yeah, yeah, you have the but crosstalk, you have a version of crosstalk in 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 China and in. Uh, I know Japan has it historically. Uh, Mongolia has it historically. Crosstalk is a big thing. It's usually just two people insulting each other. It's basically roast battle. That's what it is. <laughs> it's just two people insulting each other. Uh, and that's that's a super, super old Your like, grandma theater. has cancer. Yeah, it's like basically that. Something, something, fart, <laughs> shit. It was always that kind of stuff. Um, but the monologue thing is a big one, too. You see that in Macedonia as well. There are guys that, that um, you know, 15, 20 years ago maybe, um, maybe 15, 10, 15, that were, you know, basically guys doing monologues in a theater, right? And they're just doing long form monologues. So you'll even see um, stand up either promoted as a monologue, like a solo monologue, or you'll see it promoted trying to be, you know, not that. You know, it would be uh, in Spain, I think it's a spectacular, so like a spectacular. Um, and that's, that's what they, that's what they'll refer to a stand-up show as. Oh, okay. Instead of this. instead of yeah. calling it stand-up comedy, it's it's because stand-up comedy means some old term. Is that no, it because isn't because it doesn't mean anything. Oh, I know that like in the Philippines that they call it stand-up comedy is what they called almost like the drag show type stuff. And so when these new like eight ten years ago these com- actual stand-up comics, GB and when those guys yeah. GB Labro when they started they had to call it point of view comedy. They changed okay. the term. So that if they said they were stand-up comedians, people would think they were just like doing these big stage acts, you know? Right. Yeah. Wow. So how's it? So how was the tour? Was it good? You're going back out. Tour's too, good. Right? Yeah. I'm. Mean, yeah. I'm getting ready to do uh, a couple here in the states. Doing Seattle this weekend. I don't know when this podcast comes out, but June, it comes out tomorrow. Oh well. Then all right. June seventh and eighth. This is the weekend. Otherwise, you'd be at the Friars Club. I asked you to be at the oh, Friars Club. Oh, that's right. But you're going to be June seventh and eighth. Uh, yeah. So in I'll be Seattle. in Seattle, and then. Uh, June 14th, I'm in Oklahoma City. And then June uh, 29th, I'm in Birmingham, hometown. And then uh, July, I'll be here in New York at uh, Art Space. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'll basically in- hitting, like, my, my only thing I'm doing in New York, it's like, all right, West Coast, Upper North. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a, a, a Midwest slash South. Oklahoma City's divided on that, whether they're the Midwest or the South. It's, it's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then uh, Birmingham, just to... Definitely in the South, and then New York, and then it'll be Edinburgh for the Are entire month. Yeah, for the whole month. And look who's here, everybody. Well, 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 I just got what done. What's going on? He got off the roof. I just got done talking shit about you, Producer buddy. Matt, is his mic on? Is this on? Kaplan, how you doing? You guys told me three Do you o'clock. want me to unplug this? <laughs> oh, please. We told you one o'clock. We had a pod last week. You canceled on me, and then you, it was all an elaborate trick. Oh, this was all Kaplan. been trying out. to get ready. Unbelievable. Been trying I see to get how ready. this is. Right? The big, this. The, this is what the big leaks is, huh? Look yeah. at deflections. It's, it's from survival of the fittest. Hey, you show up an hour late. This is what you happens. You lose your job. You lose your I job. Like, I like how quickly he came in, assessed the room, and went, nope, going on the offensive. I like how quickly. I didn't hear apology. No, nah, just a, not a split. It was a split second of looking at the room, and then I don't like you. It's <laughs> your fault. I learned that from the president. Never apologize. <laughs> Storm in. Struggle to get up those steps to get up here, puffing and puffing. But no, it's your fault. You're doing great. You're oh, doing great you're looking, leaning on the heart attack again. Well, you can't fire me. I remind everyone, you cannot replace me. Oh yeah, had a heart it. attack. You got to wait at least a year. Is that <laughs> how it works? Is that yeah. how it works? I think oh, so. That's in nice. America, I, that's talking, what my lawyer says. We're just talking about nice. comedy all around uh, Europe. So any stories from around the uh, from the tour? Oh, I know man. that's a dumb question. Uh, I, well, so many, but we don't have time for any of those stories because it's time to go to the news. Producer He's Matt's shining the light. We got to get to the news. He's, over. He's saying we don't have time for dumb stories this week. Kaplan, you came just in time for the last 10 minutes of the pod. <laughs> Producer Matt, play the music. Today comes to us from 
Babyology Australia. <laughs> Study finds getting kids ready for school is equivalent to an extra day of work for adults. Kaplan, can I start? Yes, this you, you is definitely what, should start with this one. Okay, this is why I think uh, parents should get paid less in the office. They, <laughs> wow, anyone take. who has a kid, they're half checked. They're half checked out at all times, and this study proves it, baby Australia. Right. Yeah, That's true. Actually, we are half checked. Oh, we have like we have like limits. It's like a great way to have boundaries. And some people, everybody's going. Oh, my kid's soccer practice. Yeah, I get out at four thirty today. I got to get to soccer. I got right. to doctor's appointments. We have graduations. We got stepping up ceremonies now. It's, it's nonsense. It's, Look it's at Kevin. He's an hour late. I'm an hour late. I got. I've got a Hebrew school graduation next week. I got pre-K stepping up. I got a lot of stuff coming. That's just for him. Not even his kids. Yes, exactly. it's really. But you know, we make up for it because you can't really fire us because we're like we're not going to quit as much. Because it's illegal to fire. Oh no, I no, I mean, so we're not going to quit as quickly oh, because we uh, need the money more than right. like you're, people you're, without kids. You've been hamstring by your own kids can run around the world and enjoy themselves. You know, we we don't have that option. So okay. But, so but and but we do get uh, getting ready for work is like I mean getting kids ready for school is like if they create a government program to pay us that would be a fantastic idea because it is it, you are as drained like we have a disadvantage you want free money well we come to work like so drained like you we, want reparations oh reparations yeah. <laughs> like people have no idea I don't think that's what that means yes I think it is I, I think it's it is a form of slavery money for having kids getting, having kids <laughs> that's where we're going well yeah no getting them right just you getting, do get money for having kids we do you're right we but not tax, enough we do get tax credits yeah. or something <laughs> get tax we, want, we should get it. actual checks because people don't know about tax credits. They don't really see it. <laughs> people don't know about tax credits. People don't know about tax yeah, Because, like, we, the kids in the morning, they're, you know, they have, like, a certain amount of time to get to, you have to be at school, a time, right? Otherwise, it's a mark on the parent at the young mm. age. When they're older, they get in trouble, right? Sure. When they're, like, yeah, so we're, like, throwing clothes on them. We're trying to make them eat. They won't make a decision on food. They won't brush their teeth. They won't do anything on their own. Yeah. And the more you have, the, it's it's horrible. I, I think we're this. saying the same thing. Yeah. This is why parents should get paid less. You're saying, yeah, we're coming to a different conclusion based on the same information. Yes. Next story <laughs> comes to us from th This Insider. That's what it's called? This Insider. That's this the is, worst this, name for a This Insider. It's just some guy. <laughs> it's just some guy. Our insider. Resident Insider. Well, they, yeah, they, they thought Matt. it was, was poor form to name the magazine Larry. <laughs> Larry, Larry the Insider. Yeah. Larry the Insider. A giant fake potato in Idaho has been turned into an Airbnb, and you can rent it for $200 a night. Okay, I want to start again. Yeah. I was under the impression you could rent the whole state of Idaho for $200 a night. It does seem like a lot. for So, Idaho. $200 for a fake potato. Airbnb's got... They're getting out of hand. Way out of hand. There, there are some great options on Airbnb, but basically, if we just put this room on Airbnb and we just go, it's uh, it's four hundred a night. This studio, like someone, someone will, especially in Manhattan, we'll just be like, it must be good. Podcast. Yeah, it must be good. You're right. There's like something like, oh, it's like underground. If it's four hundred bucks. And it's quirky. I mean, you could put a bed yeah. in here, desk. Right? A, a potato. What, what size potato are we talking about? It's pretty big. A giant, yeah, it's just giant because that, that's... It's a six-ton structure. I've never done Airbnb, actually, ever. Really? But there was an Airbnb... There was a van in my neighborhood a few years ago. They were, you could Airbnb a van. I remember that. And That's there, what Matt's talking about, Yeah, and there was of. no bathrooms, though, so it was like they ruled it was illegal. Like were they like, oh, there's a Starbucks down the street. The code is <laughs> yeah, 427. They gave you a bottle when you walked in, like a snapple bottle. There's a, little, there's a little laminated piece of paper with a kitten cartoon on it that like, gives you all the places you can poop within a, yeah. a five-minute walk. But, I mean, if you have a giant potato, like before Airbnb, this is why the progress. Like You'd have no use for it. If you just have a giant potato like, around. Yeah, well, you, somehow <laughs> you got to get it. What would you do with that giant potato before this? I mean, it was like a toy for kids who just like to simulate Eat it making, through the winter? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not an actual potato. No, it's a fake potato. A giant fake oh, potato. Oh, you had a giant fake potato. Yeah, a giant oh, fake yeah, potato yeah. before that. It was just kind of taking up space. True. So I, I, I applaud this. I got another. Uh, so Idaho, they're still on the potato thing. <laughs> they haven't moved yeah, past it. Like it's been years Well, and years there's, and years. A reason, there's a reason. There's a big reason that Idaho, I think, leans so hard on the potato press. Right. It's because if they didn't, then the rest of Idaho would come to light, which is basically one giant Nazi camp. So <laughs> it's just now like, do we have listeners like in White Idaho. supremacists. We're going to find out. Is yeah, that so? It's I've just never been separatists. Idaho. It's all separatists and potatoes. That's separatists? it. Separatists? Where are they so separating from? There's nobody near them. They want to separate. They, they want, want to separate. Their own from America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's their goal. What are they going to survive? Potatoes and what? Just starchy? Listen, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they have a plan. Just as they're not even like, they're landlocked. They're like, they have a water source. 
Idaho. I'm not telling you this is well thought out. There's I'm no rivers you in Idaho. We have any, but we need to get some from Idaho. An Idaho separatist. We need to get one on the pod. <laughs> if you know anybody, pod, please. They're very easy to do. They're very, They're very lost very in America. Do. <laughs> uh, do they have phones? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> and if, you know, just go to Spokane, Washington, and then head west. And then you know that's right there. Yeah. I've never, have you been to Idaho? I, I, uh, I've been to North Dakota, South Dakota. Or east. But I've not been to Idaho. I know there's a lot of Mormons there. Oh, all right. Probably same separatists. Thing. Same well. thing. Separatist same thing. Idaho Mormons. Nazi Mormon, Mormon for, Nazi. I grew up whatever. with a bunch of Mormons, and the smart Mormons, BYU is like their Harvard. And mm -hmm. then there's BYU, Idaho, which is like their Chico State. Well, like the dumb kids all go to BYU, BYU Idaho. Idaho. Yeah, and uh, I, I think the dumb, be, Mor dumb Mormon separatists—they become militia members. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, you get it? <laughs> That's why this is pretty smart for a dumb Mormon. Uh, separatist. That's Last probably not one. You know what I mean? That's somebody that's trying to meet the outside world. Oh, uh, okay. Bring him in. Please come Last... and live in my potato. Tell <laughs> we'll me get him on secrets. the rump spring and bring him to New York and have him on wow. the pod. Last story that's of the, the week wrong. comes to us from. We're doing a rapid fire here because we got to get hurry up. Get out. Daily Last... Mail. Daily Mail, one of our favorite news sources. Japanese company releases a $270 toaster that just makes one piece of toast at a time so people can focus on a single slice and treat it with respect, says that's, the Japanese. That's the most, like, Japanese, like, it's Jiro like dreams of toast. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Spends his whole life making the perfect slice of toast. I didn't even eat toast in Asia. That's what I was going to say. I thought they were big rice people in Japan. But... Yeah, but, I mean, it's also, you know, Japan, and you're like a $270 toaster, and it's like, I'm not, whatever. Just a rich it's Japan. Thing. I mean, yeah, they like have tons of money. A, a piece of tuna costs two hundred seventy dollars. You know, there's so many things that cost two hundred seventy dollars in yeah. Japan. Can I tell you? That's like five dollars to them. This to me, I mean, to tie it back to story number one, this would no. be like such a disaster. Call back. Good call. Because <laughs> one of the things that the makes kids? it hard in the morning is kids like say, like one kid says, "I want toast." You sure. And then you're toasting it, and then the other kid says, "I want <laughs> toast." But when you have two slots, you can throw toast in while the other thing's going. That's okay, how, we'll see. I can solve that. I can solve that. I can solve that. I can solve that though. For solve you. it for me. You don't give them a choice. Mm, look at this. Cap, this Remove is Kaplan's. You've gotten to the heart of Kaplan's Remove parenting. Remove choice. Issues. Remove choice. Completely. You go. You eat toast, and you're gonna eat this shoe. And he goes, <laughs> I don't want to eat that. And you go, Okay, then don't eat it. And then a couple of days of no food, mm. and then they'll That's eat what they I, want. We've already had Wilson in on yeah. this. Wilson Vince has been on the spot multiple times trying to tell Kaplan how to be a better, better parent, and it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm gonna, that's what I'll do then. I'll get a single toaster because then, yeah. they want, then one of them, whoever's the best behaved, gets toast. Oh, that's how that's Japanese a good yeah, Big reward, this piece of white bread. That's yeah, you what the gotta, Japanese man, make, it a, make it a reward thing. Yeah. I also find the Japanese interesting because they're so particular and clean, like, on one hand, about like toast and sushi, <laughs> but then the other hand, they just sell like panties in the vending machine. They do like panties? you can buy, yeah, you oh, can yeah. buy like used pants, like used. Yeah, you don't know that? No, how would I know that? They're free. Common knowledge. Yeah, um, used panties in vending machines. Matt knows that, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they have the, the, the pubic hair. <laughs> have, they, the, the pubic... have they been cleaned before they sell them? Or... No, that's the point. No, oh, like the, extra. The pubic uh, hair thing, you know that, oh, right? Yeah, they really embrace that. The, argu weirdos. the argument is that that comes out of the uh, the the occupation, the U.S. occupation, and the, 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 the censorship, the censorship laws that were put into place. That's why they're free. Hiroshima. Well, that's where like a lot of the the pubic hair obsession stuff came from. Oh, really? So it's such yeah. a normal obsession that in broad daylight you would go up to the vending machine and buy when you went like it's not like buying condoms That's where you buy a bunch of things at the vending machine that are legit. <laughs> you a buy magazine. a Slurpee. I want a Slurpee. I want a Slurpee. I want a Snickers bar. Pack of cigarettes. <laughs> used panties. Yeah, basically, basically. Oh, I pressed D five by accident. I didn't know that was used panties, but I guess I'll take them. No, you say you don't do that. You can do that in Japan. No. All right, that's the podcast. We gotta go, guys. I, I learned Matt, a lot in ten minutes. Matt Davis, thank you for doing it. Cap, Cap, thanks for being here. Get back on the roof. Do I get paid the same this week? <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's it, producer Matt. Wait, thank you're getting you. paid? As always, <laughs> no. come see me Friday night, stand up New York. I mean, no, sorry, it's Friday night at the Friars Club. Cap will be there. Oh, Doctor Bob's coming. Doctor Bob will Dr. be Bob. there. Doctor Bob Kaplan got his Jane tickets. Jane Kaplan will be there. The Sparks family will be there. That's it. Everybody, Cap, what should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost. <laughs>